3: A podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
4: Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. Another victory Monday. Our, your Miami Dolphins are four and one after a convincing home win. I'm going to say it again. In the three hundred five against the New York <laughs> Giants, the pitiful New York Giants. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Use the promo code 3YARDS, the number 3YARDS, to get a $100 match bonus on your $100 deposit. And I will interrupt our um our little intro by saying I obviously am Simon Clancy. Alf is here, Chris is here, and we're going to deconstruct what happened in Miami yesterday with the Dolphins running away to a comfortable victory. We'll look at some of the news coming out today with a Devon A. chain injury or potential injury. We'll talk a little bit about Chase Claypool, uh, and we'll dig, as I say, into the game. Better Edge is another one of our sponsors. Go to betteredge.com forward slash five, the number five reasons, get $20 just for signing up. By gopuff.com, use the promo code WELCOME1010, that's 1010, 0, 0. get $10 off your first 10 orders. By factormeals.com, use the promo code three, number three, yards per carry 550, 5, for 50% off your first order. And take a big swallow by our friends, our old friends, our good friends at Manscaped. Although they're not so much our good friends anymore because I still haven't had my free Beard Hedger Pro Kit. I don't know if you guys have, but, I mean, come on. I know I live in a different country. But, the guy that could
2: know. get it, get that for us is in Greece right now. He
4: returns, oh, I think, yeah, at the end of this week. So. He's selling off Beard Hedger Pro Kits by the thousand. That's why. Well, those Grecian men, like, they're all bald now.
2: Which makes me which makes me wonder. He He made this deal for us, but he took a vacation to Turkey and Greece. Like, you know, what was his cut?
4: Well, this is very true. This (laughs) is very true. There was no Taylor Swift yesterday. So my joke, my kind of little line about this Manscaped beer hedging pro kit doesn't, doesn't work. It's, you know, but we have football back. We have dancing in the end zone. George Kittle was doing some dancing. No Taylor Swift. We still have 50 point wins, although it wasn't a 50 point win yesterday. Uh, and I was at the game yesterday. Actually, I was at the bills, Jags game. And, uh, Got to uh, have a little chat with Calvin Ridley after the game, a little chat with Doug Peterson, a little chat with Trevor Lawrence. uh, And I got interrupted by a German man who um, I was about to ask Trevor Lawrence a question about when I went to see him a few years ago. And it was my big moment to kind of where Trevor would kind of have this moment of realization where he was like, oh, that's the dude that came to see me. And um, (laughs) a German guy interrupted me. And then the press officer cut me off. And I was just like, for fuck's sake, this was my moment anyway. Just thought i get that in there. I'm very you were friendly, to have by the your way.
1: Aaron Rodgers moment. You what, Chris. You were
2: trying to have your Aaron Rodgers moment.
4: I was trying to have an Aaron Rodgers moment. I'm going to Jets Giants in two weeks' time in uh, the
2: Meadowlands. So um by the way, yeah, Bill's uh, you gotta comment on this since you were there. Bills fans want a congressional congressional investigation, or at least uh, the UN since it is in London, they gotta have the UN step in and check out that field because uh, evidently that field was designed to injure just Bills players.
4: Yeah, it was designed specifically by the NFL uh, and put in place by the NFL. That pitch is normally grass. And then what they do is they literally roll the pitch back on like wheels mm. under the stadium. And then they bring up the AstroTurf. And um, yeah, it seems like only the Bills players got hurt. Everybody else seemed yeah. like had no complaints. And there are multiple games that have been played there. But I mean, maybe it's just different in Buffalo that you know artificial turf maybe like cuts through differently. I don't know. But yeah, mm. I mean... I saw two teams playing on it yesterday. I saw 2 there'll be two teams on Sunday when Baltimore and Tennessee play. I saw Green Bay and the Giants last year. I didn't see anybody complaining about it. So yeah, who knows? Anyway, look, before we get into the Dolphins, 9 million men use Manscaped Worldwide, which is about the percentage chances, remaining chances of the Jets winning the Super Bowl, even though they eked out a win yesterday. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscape.com and use the code 5RSN your grass is not artificial buffalo so keep it shaved with manscaped right enough of that let's get to the football a convincing dolphins win yesterday gentlemen a uh, good performance all around a better performance by the defense which we'll get to a very solid outing from the offense a few mistakes a few little kind of you know quibbles there seems to be some mass overreaction that our quarterback threw two touchdowns and two interceptions but 300 yards played really well and we went to four and one which seems in a way in a way it's a good thing that we're held to such a high standard now that, that that things like that irk people but I thought the quarterback was excellent yesterday quite frankly um overall impressions Al first
2: of all of of the victory how did you how did you feel we we, we played well, we talked about it when we did our our, our preview. Uh, uh, By the way, I was the closest. I predicted 31-13. And, you know, if Gano doesn't hit, like, what was it, an 85-yard field goal at, at, in the first half, it would have been 31-13. I thought that I was holding the Dolphins to the same standard that, and I think we all agree with this, that the 49ers are probably the best team in football. 49ers played this exact same team, missing these three players on the offensive line two weeks ago in San Francisco and they beat them 30 to 12 and they had 444 yards of offense and they had three touchdowns on offense we had four touchdowns on offense and 520 yards so i think we met that standard are there things to clean up absolutely you don't want to turn it over three times uh, against anybody all right should it have been something like 38 to 6 or something like that or 40 to 6 maybe but i'll take it and and move on and learn from it and what I found interesting was all the personnel groupings, and I'm pretty sure that Chris will get into some of that, but uh, it was a lot it was a lot of fun just watching a game and just relaxing and you know, taking in all the action, especially since it put them back into first place after the unfortunate Buffalo loss
4: against Jacksonville Chris how did you how did you uh, see it?
1: Well, it was um it was interesting the the reactions because I, I think we're just so spoiled by 70 to 20. Against the against the Denver Broncos, that uh, that anything short of that just seems like uh, seems like this massive disappointment. We headed in this game with a very very wide spread, I believe, that finished at thirteen points, and we still covered that wide spread, um, and you know finished the game ahead by multiple scores, and um, and you know shouldn't probably should not have been as close as it was on the scoreboard, but I think you you always have to give the credit to to another team in the NFL, because this isn't, you know, this isn't facing Jacksonville state, um, you know, in the NCAA, this is, these are, these guys are all getting paid in particular with, with the, the New York giants, you know, we can talk about their beleaguered offensive line and it was just total, uh, a total mess down there. Um, but you know, their defense has players and they, um, they are led by Wink Martindale, um, as a defensive coordinator. And, uh, and so they, they did, they did make a few plays on us and, um, and you got to give that to them. But otherwise, I, you know, I just thought this was a very comfortable win at no point was I really scared about the outcome. And, um, and that's all I can ask for the dolphins, you know, uh, at home you know, playing a team that, you know, everybody's always, oh, is this a trap game, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um and, certainly if, if it was a trap game there was no indication of it on sunday because they just they just went out there and uh and and, and you know beat the hell out of them so
4: yeah I talked about it in only things. these are some of the games that you are almost harder to win than the big games because there's such a heavy expectation that you're going to win you know we saw the giants how they performed on monday night football they got you know beaten up by the seahawks 11 sacks the The pick six by Devon Witherspoon, you know, all sorts of things going on. Daniel Jones struggling. My takeaway yesterday from the Giants' point of view was that Jones is a really tough guy. I can genuinely mean that. He takes an absolute pounding and just gets up and gets up and gets up. And, you know, circumstances aren't great for him there. But overall, I thought, you know, Miami played pretty well. And I was, you know, I was kind of buoyed in many ways. It was great that Connor Williams was back. But, you you know, watching Austin Jackson in the first quarter running, you know, 20, 30 yards downfield like a... You know, slightly. what you saying Bolt was was astonishing. You know, the athletic nature coming to the fore. But you know, a couple of those plays that the reverse um, two a chain uh, on the very first play, just how beautifully it was drawn up with the fake to waddle and then the little the, the little flip and you know Connor sort of coming out reversing his field in coming out reversing his field. Just some you know some pretty looking plays and um, you know lots to build and I thought, and those are the kind of the games that you you know you have to win mid-season games that kind of you know you feel like you should walk over them but there's a professional team that you're playing on the other side of the ball as well and you know i thought that the dolphins just handled it perfectly alf
2: yeah i, I thought so as well and 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 i'm with you as far as the offensive line there was a play there was a i actually counted it because I'm, I'm going over the offensive line play in this game and on the first series I tried to count because I was like, man, why is Connor Williams running all over the field again and again and again? They got to have this. They got to be mindful of their play calling because on the first four plays from scrimmage, Connor Williams ran a total and I'm not counting diagonally. I'm just counting from this yard line to that yard line. Ran a total of 97 yards. Like uh, big guys are not supposed to be running that much on one drive. So, you know, when you're calling stuff that, Getting everybody involved. And then you have the emergence of a star in HN. You know, it's just going to keep everybody in tuned. And now you're adding bodies to this with Chase Claypool. I know we'll talk about him in a little bit. And it just makes going to work a little bit more fun than just thinking about, okay, we got to execute this and we got to execute that. And we just got to, we just got to, we just got to keep it close in the fourth quarter and then we'll pull it out with a field goal. No, this is an offense that is. Is going for it from the opening gun. And I do know I do feel as if our quarterback has to dial it back just a tad because he was a little bit YOLOing yesterday on that uh, on that interception. Pressed that a little bit, didn't he? Just a couple of yes. times. Just he playing. looked like way too excited. Like he was like, Oh my god, I think we're gonna go for 70 again. And I don't know, uh, throw it away, man. Let's just take the field goal. You know, these people are in no danger of threatening us. You know, just take the field goal, take the 17 to 3 lead. And that's just fine. As you can see, they, 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 The they got the ball back and they took it right down the field and they got the field goal anyway. So just take that field goal right there. There are no danger of 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 beating you unless you're handing them seven points with a, a bad decision. So if they could just dial that back, man, I, I don't know how you cannot be buoyed and, and excited over this performance.
4: Chris, you touched upon it on OnlyFins. Uh, a little slight... Sort of funky kind of um, coverage that Wink ran on that uh, on that interception. And Mike McDaniel talked about it yesterday, though, or it might have been today actually in the press conference, but talked about how the defense that the Giants played was completely different to the one that they practiced against and the one that they planned for. Um, and just about not a bad throw, to just a bad decision by Tua to try, you know, we know how accurate he is. And he clearly tried to fit it in that gap between Okariki and uh, and the DB. And, uh, and again, we talked about it a bit on only fins, whereas actually, you know, you almost want him to come back to the backside. Like we talked about um, last week, there, there was a one-on-one uh, on the backside and I haven't seen the all 22, but certainly, you know, I don't, I don't know whether the guy on the backside was open, but also there's a running lane in terms of, uh, you know, and a good pocket for him to come to the backside. Um, but sometimes you just, you know, live for another down. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that in this play in particular, he was probably getting a little greedy. Uh, it was 14-3. They were about to try and go up 21-3 before the half. Um, you know, they you, you got more visions of what happened against the Denver Broncos and and all the touchdowns that that just, you know, rained down from the heavens. And uh, um I, I think yeah, he got a little bit greedy, but you got to hand a credit hand credit to the defensive coordinator. As Mike McDaniel alluded to himself, I mean, you look at that play and you look at the coverage that they played. I mean, they really, they really came up with some novel coverages. Um, the Giants did, uh, and and they in particular brought them out in certain situations. And it was um, it, there was another play. I mean, that that play, that's one where to uh, if if you're looking, you if, if you have an idea what you want to do at the start of the play you look over there and you're just, you just got to feel, Oh, that's too many bodies. <laughs> you know, that's, that's too many bodies. And they're not, they're not, they're not moving in ex- the, the way that I thought that they would. And, and just at that point, at that point, you look for rush lanes, like just, just pull your eyes down a little bit, look for rush lanes buy a little bit of time. And then maybe you can come back to that backside that we're, that you were talking about. um If you couldn't just, you know, run it in for the score. Uh, he didn't do that, you know. He he kind of he kind of did that thing that great quarterbacks do sometimes, where it's like, you know what, I don't care what the coverage is, you know, my best throw can beat whatever the coverage is, you know. And 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 for Tua, his best throw is hurrying it up as much as humanly possible, and that's what he that's what he tried to do. He tried to hurry it up and he tried to to fit it in there um, really quickly before any coverage, no matter what it is, could actually close on the ball. And uh, and he got burned for it. And it's one of those things that, like, sometimes strong-arm quarterbacks, guys that really throw up, uh, you know, with with lots of heat on the ball, um, you notice that they don't get intercepted sometimes simply because um, the ball's too hot for a defender to to actually – I mean, you're lucky enough if a professional receiver can touch it. Um and uh, and and defensive defensive players, you know, are they're not on offense for a reason and um, they can't hang on to it. And I, I thought this play was a bit like that in that he hurried it up so much that it couldn't even be intercepted cleanly. It had to be popped up. Um, and, you know, and, and then just unfortunate the way it played out. But there was another play too the one sack he took in the game. I mean, they pulled back into eight man coverage and only rushed with three. And um, and it was another it was another it looked like a little bit of a novel coverage uh, scheme. And it's not that two even held the ball. It was just that pulling back into eight man coverage. I think Kendall Lamb uh, got a little bit of a jump and, and had a, actually should probably should have been called for a false start. Um, and that knocked his rhythm off. And then he let up the uh, the pass rush uh, easy sack and um, and that was another instance where i think like Tua probably had to be dropping back and, and looking at the coverage and been like you know wow this is not this is not not what we uh, what we thought was going to happen and uh, and i frankly i wonder about that long touchdown to Tyreek Hill the 69 yard play that Tua claims he misheard um, he misheard Mike Vrabel's play call on uh, looked on his wrist and and then just kind of called his own play um, afterwards there was, I, I think Tua was like asking even the media, he was like, you know, was, was, was that single high? Was, that, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that Tua actually had, had, you know, uh, had registered completely what they had morphed that coverage into, um, on that play. But, um, but you know, he got the job done and, uh, the Dolphins got the job done and they went with a pretty screen heavy game plan a screen and um and those little uh front front flips on the jet screens and stuff like that or the jet sweeps and um you know that's that's kind of what we would have thought they'd do a lot more than they actually do uh if you look at you know the last two years i think that we would have thought that they'd lean more heavily on that stuff than they actually do and um but yesterday they certainly did and, and it worked beautifully
4: Pre-draft, there were a few running backs that we liked, and there was one specifically that we talked up an awful lot um, about being a great fit in what we do. And also, then once we discovered some information, it was a guy that we knew that the Dolphins were heavily, heavily in on. And the reaction when Mike McDaniel first of all missed out on him uh, when we signed, when we drafted Cam, Cam Smith, and then the reaction when we actually did draft Devon A. Chain kind of justified. Uh, the reasoning behind that and this kid looks extra special
2: doesn't he i mean he is yeah there's this uh, odd you know, thing worry. there's this odd thing that you can do and you could go to nfl.com and check check the yardage leaders in the league and he has one more rushing yard than Christian mccaffrey but he has 70 less carries <laughs> which is which is uh looking at a guy averaging 13 yards a carry and and it's stretching through 3 games is is just I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I don't remember seeing this ever before. I think the closest thing and uh kudos to to Chris cuz he brought him up. Man, this is Chris Johnson. Uh like this is what Chris Johnson looked like at his best. That's what he'd look like. That's him.
4: Chris he's uh he's a hell of a player, but you kind of feel like and I know he's thick with two C's and, uh, you know, he's sturdy, but he still is only 185, 190 pounds. And you probably, you know, you probably don't want to have him touching the ball too many times uh, and getting taken too many hits. And we'll get to the knee in a sec, but um, you know, when he gets the ball in his hand, you, you expect him to pick up, you know, 15, 18, 25, 60, 70. And it's just, I think for Mike McDaniel, it's really just the creative ways with which he can get in the ball in space because there's, there's not a player in the league who's going to run him down.
1: Yeah, I think that um, you bring up an interesting point with uh, the the build and his um, and you know how, how is he going to hold up, and that, that kind of leads us right into sort of the news of of, of the day, if, as it were, with uh, Mike McDaniel being asked about you know there's a bunch of Twitter Twitter doctors out there that feel like they can diagnose injuries on Twitter um and uh and and just you know bs around uh that way so they're asking mike mcdaniel you know is is his ankle injured is his ankle injured mike mcdaniel's like looking at them like a confused dog he's like well he has a knee thing you know (laughs) and um and and he and he revealed that uh that yeah he's getting he had some soreness in the knee and he's getting it checked out um they they don't really know at this point he didn't miss any time in his rotation his rotation mcdaniel made it very clear that his rotation on sunday even after you know supposedly injuring the knee um was still very normal um and so they're just uh it sounded very precautionary um but at the same time you know he clearly took an injury during um you know during camp preseason and um and This is a guy that is slight, and so I wonder if, hey, as good as he is, like, what would Tyreek Hill have looked like at running back if you kept him at running back? Well, he probably would have made plays. I'll tell you that. Like, you you know, and and if he would have been averaging ten yards a carry at some point in the season, you probably wouldn't, you know, bat an eye at it. But ultimately speaking, Tyreek's uh, future lay at wide receiver, and I still am not convinced that that couldn't be the case with uh Achan Achan um just because of that build and how i'd worry about it because for as good as he is you don't want him to necessarily just be another uh napoleon kaufman for example um i think you would like him to be chris johnson or uh cj2k or, or somebody like that or, um yeah and and you know it's funny that it's funny that we we talk about you know has this ever happened and stuff like that. I still have a very vivid memory in my mind of um, the first four games of the '99 season and um, and how uh, you know uh, uh, do you remember do you remember Tim Biaka Batuka uh,
4: Tishimanga yeah. Biaka
1: yeah Tishimanga Biaka Batuka um, and he started the first four games of the season. Averaging 11 yards per carry in the first four games, he had um, he had 366 yards in those uh, first four games, and he had a two-game stretch where he ran for like 270 plus yards on 20 carries, <laughs> you know, with with five touchdowns. Um, you know, so it's it's not it's not completely unheard of that to to see this kind of thing before this kind of explosiveness. Um, and, but the I think the key is going to be. Seeing if Achan can really keep up with the durability, um, because you know obviously Timbiaka Petuka was um, you know brightest stars burn quickest uh, kind of kind of uh, kind of player, and Napoleon Kaufman was a guy whose uh, whose pitch count you always wanted to keep uh, very very um, very strict track of uh, in the NFL, and so so we'll see how that goes.
4: Henberger Batuka, who was the 8th overall pick in the 1996 draft okay so this is not some undrafted free agent who was or some guy that was selected in the 11th round back in the day Do you know what he does for a living now what, what is that? i
2: can't wait for this
4: alf what do you think he does you're never you're never going to guess this in a million years
2: really and i want okay so it's not the yeah cuz i was going to fall back to the very common oh he sells real estate no Uh, I'm going to say, wow. Wow. You're making it sound like if it's something really obscure, I'm going to say he owns a landscaping company. It's
4: not obscure. It's just kind of funny.
2: Okay. (laughs) He's a proctologist. He's
1: got to be better than a security guard, right? (laughs) Yeah, he's not a security guard. Proctologist.
4: A who? Proctologist. Yes. No. Don't be an (laughs) asshole, Al. (laughs) So he, right
1: up, right up your piaka.
4: Exactly. (laughs) Right in your tissue manga. Um, He owns all eight franchises of the Bojangles restaurant in Augusta, Georgia. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Which I think is really funny. Also, I've been to Augusta. How many, how many Bojangles does one place need?
2: (laughs) Evidently eight, eight is how many they need. I've never been to
4: a Bojangles, but apparently it specializes in Cajun seasoned fried chicken and buttermilk biscuits.
2: Oh, it's fucking yeah, awesome! Yeah, uh, I've, I've had,
1: all, had, all, had all of which, all of which sounds delicious right now. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm
4: hungry and it's gone midnight.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's fucking awesome. But yeah, sure look, you, uh, just, just before we send it to break, uh, just so like because I mentioned this, Christian McCaffrey did overtake Devon A. Chan uh, last night. He has 510 yards on 99 carries. A. Chan has
0: 460.
2: Last yeah, last night. Well, not last night. Uh, he overtook. A-Chan, because A-Chan was the leading rusher in the NFL going into last night's football game. So after say, last I didn't,
1: night. I didn't watch all of last night's game, but,
2: you know, bam. McCaffrey had a big one. Uh, five. Uh, uh, that's what she said. 510 yards on 99 carries, and A-Chan has 460 on 38 carries. McCaffrey, two runs of over 20 yards. A-Chan, six runs over 20 yards. McCaffrey, two yar- two runs over 40 yards. A-Chan, four over forty yards. Yeah, he's he's been pretty good so far.
4: Oh, I'm mean, sorry. I was just reading about Tim Beaker Petica and how he got his loan for his bojangles, but that's another story. Anyway, we've, well, we've back he, to talk you about you know he's things.
1: from he's from Canada too. Like he was originally from the. Democratic oh, he's from Kinshasa. Republic.
4: He's from Zaire. Well, he's
1: from Kinshasa, but he, was, he went to high school and, and 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 school in Canada. Yeah, he went. Uh, we well, went to Michigan, didn't he? Yes, well, Michigan and, uh, number twenty-one. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like when he was a kid, like Oh, he was I in, see, I see, he's I see. in Canada. He did go to Michigan, you're right. but Yeah, he went to
4: Jacques Rousseau uh, in Quebec.
1: And, and Veneer College.
4: Look at our um, Biakka Patuca knowledge. I know. He's were not expecting played. To your listener. Yeah, exactly. This is value for money. He's the first Zairean ever to play in the NFL. Is that right? Yeah, and his injury, apparently, that ended up retiring him, there has never been an injury like it before or since it was a specific foot injury that ended his career, and nobody's ever had one before or since.
2: Oh, I thought wow. you were going to say shark attack or something like that. I was about to say, man, so an injury that nobody's he ever heard been... of before.
4: Exactly. He got. He so should have been a podiatrist. Yeah, we will. We'll be back after the break. No more buttermilk biscuits. No more Bianca But plenty of Dolphins defense.
3: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts.
4: I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to 3 Yards Per Carry. Welcome back to part two of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Simon. Alf and Chris are with me as always. Uh, we will dig in now to the Dolphins' defensive performance against the New York Giants. And it was a bit of a sack attack. We saw um, significant uh, playing time for guys like Emmanuel but Eli Apple was back in the cornerback rotation. Um, and some interesting performances. Specifically, I think, although, albeit with a, a, a bit of an asterisk, given the, you know the fact that the Giants had a number of starters out including andrew thomas shane lemire john michael schmitz and the backup center ben brederson went down but i thought from the start from the first snap that both christian wilkins and zach sealer really had excellent games especially in terms of penetrating the pocket uh and causing daniel jones either to bail or putting him on pressure and forcing him into pass rushes from andrew van Ginkel, who was excellent again uh, and bradley chubb but overall a kind of a you know Again, with a slight asterisk, given the 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 players they're missing, and you know Matt Breida doesn't really scare anybody these days, and Daniel Jones having a tough season, and Darren Waller hasn't really hit his straps, and the receiving core is you know isn't amazing, but you know you can only beat what's in front of you, and I I thought the defense generally played played pretty well.
2: Yeah, I thought they were they they were they were great on on this day. Um, Yeah, they allowed a a few first downs, and somehow, some way, uh, PFF is ranking Daniel Jones as the fifth best quarterback. Of the day after putting up 119 yards and no touchdowns um if you want to compare they have two or what 25th on the day so yeah pff is broken for for at least for quarterback evaluation this past week but i thought the defense was absolutely uh spectacular uh, across the board deshaun elliott another big day um uh howard on the spot on a couple of plays i think that they really wanted to employ darren waller and I think that they found something with Darren Waller early in the, early on in that game and they snuffed it out in the second half. and they kind of got into it really in the second quarter. in the second quarter they started devoting more assets to to covering Darren Waller and and it was working for them. Uh, the only thing I will say is this uh, Brad, uh, as far as you know a negative on the defense, Bradley uh, Bradley Chubb had seven pressures. he had a great game. Any other day, you would have said, man, this is a really good game and this is why we're paying him all that money but I'm just overcome almost with sadness watching him get so close over and over and over again, and not getting rewarded with that meaningless stat at sometimes, times uh, the sack number. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he has to do. Uh, he, there's no way he can get this close this many times and just not finish place. Uh, after a while, I knew, I knew that the giants were not really a threat and I started, you know, stat rooting and the, the stat I started rooting for is trying to get Bradley Chubb on the board with a sack. And my God, how many times did he have to hit Daniel Jones? Uh, By the way, he was credited with eight quarterback hits, which is insane that you could get eight in a game. So he got eight. I don't know how you can hit a quarterback that many times, get that many pressures. And sure enough, no sacks. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm out of ideas. If you have an idea, Simon, I'd love to hear it. And if Chris has an idea, I'd love to hear it. But uh what's happening with, with Bradley Chubb just can't he can't get in that stack column. Chris?
1: I think uh I think what, what you do with him is you just stay the course. And I say this because, you know, in all the the studies that I've done over the really decade plus um with um with looking at the analytics and, and guys like pro football focus and stuff. No, we're not talking about their grades. We're talking about the, the analytics and stuff like that. That whole, the whole idea of, um, of sack, you know, conversion or, or how often a, um, a pressure turns into a sack as opposed to uh, just a hurry or a quarterback hit. Um, you know, the whole idea of it being something intrinsic to the defensive player is, is really just pure hogwash. Um it's uh it's random and it's more intrinsic to the quarterback. It's the quarterback who can be pretty good at being pressured but not being sacked, you know. Um, it's the quarterback who can be really good at never being pressured, uh, as we're seeing with uh, with uh, Tua right now because of how quickly he gets rid of the football. Um, in this offense, uh, but the 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 guy who's doing the pressuring, the uh, the edge rusher, the you know inside rusher, whatever, uh, all he has to do is continue to win against his blockers and continue to pressure the quarterback. The sacks will come. Um, they are important. They're big plays for the defense. They're drive killers. So it's important to get one. But I mean, it's like it, it, it's 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 randomly come, but very important when it happens. And for Bradley Chubb right now, he's ranked, uh, I think, number 11th in the league right now um, among edge players in, uh, in pass rush win rate. Uh, the ESPN stat that uses analytic that uses the um, the RFID chips and uh, and everybody's pads to actually just model out the things that they basically use to turn the game into Toy Story um so you know they model out they model out the action completely and they have some very um very good standards to to dictate you know when a guy has gotten pressure when he's gotten a win over his blocker and stuff uh Bradley Chubb is number 11 in the league that way he's doing his job albeit against you know as you mentioned in this game a really poor um opponent as far as the offensive line but he is doing his job you got to stay the course and And right now, if if one of the things that um, that we're struggling with with this defense is at times like the Buffalo game, it seems like uh, there are players kind of forgetting the defensive call or not communicating it well or not, you know, trying to do too much, trying to do somebody else's assignment, stuff like that. Bradley Chubb, with his experience in the defense, is one of the last problems that way. So so people are like, well, Bradley Chubb's got to sit the bench now that Jalen Phillips is healthy again, and you know Andrew Van Ginkle should take over for him, and um, or or we should figure out how to trade Bradley Chubb or whatever. Like, there's there's a lot of fans out there that are that are uh, frustrated with Chubb, and and I would cool that down quite a bit and say, you know, he's the le- he's one of the least of the problems as somebody who knows the defense and is doing his job getting the pressure. Um, the way that he should get the pressure, so um, he's you know he's all right. Uh, just stay the course, continue continue that way. I think it was more in this game. Uh, you know, if if you look at the the same pass rush win rate for like interior players, Christian Wilkins has entered the chat <laughs> for the first time, mm-hmm. and um, and he has you know he's he's now ranked uh, tied for number twentieth um with uh with wins you know per qualifying play and 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 I think that that is bolstered by the the Giants offensive line and and the just absolute shambles that it was uh during this game so I would be a, I'd still be a little bit careful on that before I really buy it um you know that that he's going to keep doing that for the rest of the year but um but it is nice to see that you know, hey, this was a game where the offensive line, we've seen games before where we go up against an offensive line that's supposed to be trash, right? And and then somehow our guys just don't end up making an impact. And I'm glad, I for one am glad that this was not one of those games. This was supposed to be an all-you-can-eat buffet um, with uh, with the pass rushers, and it turned into an all-you-can-eat buffet, and the starting quarterback didn't even finish the game because they just beat him up so much. Alf, as good a player as
4: Javon Holland is, it kind of felt like we were a bit more organized on the back end and just generally more organized with Deshaun Elliott back in the lineup.
2: Absolutely. And you could see it from 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 the get-go. Uh, um, you could see the communication was there. You saw there was a play where they threw um, a fade to, to Waller and Xavier Howard made a play on it. And when he got up, you could see that he pointed to, to Elliott and Elliott like, slapped him five. And you could see that they're talking back and forth. Like, yeah, like you could. And when when you rewatch the play, you could see that all they were doing was that Xavier Howard actually called them off and and told them, look, I have them one on one. It's a tight end. okay. if if your best corner or your best cover corner can't take a tight end one on one, then you got bigger issues than that. But you could see how they changed the coverage on the fly, uh, because whatever we may think of the Giants and yeah, their offensive line is absolutely awful. But if they can manage to hold up for three seconds, Darius Slayton is a really dangerous wide receiver. Jalen Hyatt is a dangerous wide receiver. They could get past you. So you needed that coverage down the field. They communicated on that one play. They changed the coverage on the fly, and it ended up working out for them. So, yeah, it was easy to see why the pass defense was much more more improved and understood, yeah, that that offensive line is absolutely awful. But in the instances that they were tested, they they were right there and on the spot. And they pretty much handled their business back there. Right, let's
4: get to game balls then. Uh, Alf, do you want to kick us off with, with yours?
2: Yeah, it's it's too easy to, to just keep handing game balls. And I already handed one to Robert Hunt in a really good game that he had. And I felt like I had to stay on the offensive line. And, man, I want to give it to Connor Williams. I, I, I said that I watched that first drive. I can't wait to watch the rest of this game. If he ran 97 yards on that first drive, I wonder how much he ran the rest of the way. So I'm going to give it to Connor Williams. He was absolutely great in this game, and he had no easy task. Dexter Lawrence is one of the better defensive tackles in football, and he came across across him many a times in this game. I thought he was absolutely spectacular. So my game ball goes to Connor Williams.
1: Chris, I'm going to I'm going to stick along the, that theme, but I'm going to go ahead and give uh, give the laurels uh, finally to offensive line coach Butch Berry. Um and I'm gonna give it to him because I think that this this game was very emblematic of what that offensive line has been built to be able to do. And then, you know, even further than that, what they are actually going ahead and doing out there with outside zone, with all the jet sweeps. They did this was a screen as I said before, this was a screen heavy game. Um, this is one of those games where Tua's being criticized widely you know by the by the boo birds have come back out because you know he threw too many screen passes you know or he threw too many of those uh little jet sweep uh front flips which technically go down as a uh as a as a pass play um you know this is you can't execute all that if the offensive line isn't just completely in sync with one another and yet you know they've had no shortage of turmoil. They've had a Liam Eichenberg game at center. Okay, they've had uh, a game, or they've had uh, Kendall Lamb in and out and back in the, in the lineup at left tackle. Um, they had they were missing Isaiah Win uh, for a little bit uh, yesterday, and now they come in as a team. Their run block win rate as a team after this game is third in the league. And that's the same sort of analytic data, the modeling that I that I talked about before, um, where they model the plays. Now, is their pass plot is their pass protection really quite up to the the elite levels that some people were saying a couple of weeks ago? No, no, of course not. Um, and and I wouldn't expect them to be, but they don't need to be because Tua does get the ball out super duper quick. Um, but I, you know, you're looking at Kendall. I'm looking at Kendall Lamb right now. He has the number two ranking among all tackles in the nfl in pass block win rate you know as a left tackle that's kendall lamb that is a as a career backup guy who is you know i think 31 years old and bounced around the league and um and he's he's out there uh being very successful as and i think it's all just a credit to the way that the offensive line has been coached and the way that they're on the same page with one another, the way they execute within the scheme and um, and and how it all fits together. And I'm going to go to put that to the to Butch Berry and the offensive line coach. I think that he finally deserves his uh, his praise here.
4: Yeah, I could have given it to Wilkins or to Sealer. I thought David Long played well. I thought Holland did, you know, exactly what you want Javon Holland to do. I'm actually going to get, oh, I thought Austin Jackson was good. I'm actually going to give it to a guy who really didn't, you know, impact the game in the ways that you you know certainly not on the stat sheet but alec ingold every single week just shows up is fantastic does everything that's asked of him is just a fantastic blocker he's just such a great guy and gets absolutely no love whatsoever um he probably could have won it last week by you know saving two his life on a matt milano blitz but i'm gonna actually give it to to, to alec ingold just you know opening the the way on the touchdown for a Chan and just generally just being an all around really good player, the best fullback in the league uh, to my mind. I mean, use check is, is a great player. I think in is a better blocker, but anyway, um, that is it. We should be back on uh, Thursday for our previous show, looking ahead to the dolphins against the Carolina Panthers, the winless Carolina Panthers heading to Miami. Another one of those games that we probably should win ahead of, and you almost don't want it to be a trap game with a team looking ahead to, uh, to what's to come, which is Philadelphia, which is new England, and then, which is Kansas City in Frankfurt. I think I've got that order right. Uh, anyway, we should be back as I said on Thursday. Uh, don't forget to uh, join us if you want to at, at three yards per carry on Twitter and also on uh, OnlyFins, which I, which is our Discord chat. Lots of lovely people in there, really good conversations. Uh, we do video breakdowns and draft stuff and all sorts of business. So uh, you can find us uh, all three of us there every day, pretty much. Uh, Alf, especially doing absolutely yeoman work. Thanks for listening. See you on Thursday.
3: Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun...